Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 11, Episode 78. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and canine nurse co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on diseases transmitted by horses. Our topics for this week are zoonotic diseases of horses and Sanitary Practices for Preventing Zoonotic Disease. Apparently, healthy horses pose little risk of transmitting disease to healthy adult handlers who practice conventional personal hygiene. The risk of physical injury are greater than the risk of acquiring an infectious disease. Tetanus is the most important zoonotic threat from healthy-appearing horses. The horse colon is an ideal habitat for Clostridium tetani, the bacterium that causes tetanus. Horse manure, or objects contaminated with its dust, is an excellent source of tetanus infection if the bacterial spores gain entrance to a puncture wound. The spores can remain infective for more than 40 years. Untreated, tetanus kills by paralyzing the respiratory muscles of the chest. Anthrax is a spore-forming bacterium that can cause blackened skin infection or death in humans. Horses with anthrax can transmit the disease to humans by body secretions or contaminating the soil with anthrax spores, which can be infective for at least 70 years. The disease in humans is variable, depending on the route of infection. Anthrax is very dangerous, but it's rare in the United States. Transmission does not occur from normal appearing horses to humans. Rhodococcus equi is a bacterial infection of foals that can be transmitted to humans, but the risk is not increased by being around adult horses. Brucellosis is the cause of abscesses on the withers, fistulous withers, or on the pole, called pole evil, in horses, and can cause systemic infection in humans. Transmission could occur while treating the disease in horses, but it's not a curve from a horse without signs of disease. Vesicular stomatitis virus causes blisters in the mouth and nostrils, and on the feet and teats of horses. Handlers of horses with vesicular stomatitis blisters in their mouth can become infected with contact with the blister fluid and develop a rash. Leptospirosis is a bacterial infection of horses that causes eye inflammation, or less commonly, abortions. The eye inflammation, equine recurrent uveitis, or moon blindness, occurs after the bacterial disease has subsided. 
Leptospirosis in humans causes flu-like symptoms and signs of inflammation of the kidneys. Zoonotic leptospirosis in humans is usually acquired from contaminated water by ingestion or by the water infecting mucous membranes or breaks in the skin. Rabies is a fatal disease in horses and in humans. Transmission from the carrier occurs after the signs of the disease appear. The incidence of rabies in horses has been increasing. As a result, anti-rabies vaccine is now considered part of the core annual vaccines recommended for all horses. Abby says, poor horses, they must feel like pincushions. She only has to get revaccinated against rabies every three years. Semolosis is a problem that often develops in horses confined to stalls and under stress. Humans can possibly acquire semolosis from horses with semolosis infections and from carriers shedding the bacteria in their feces without clinical signs. But based on the general lack of reported human cases from horses in the United States, the risks are extremely low. Cryptosporidiosis is a microscopic parasite that can cause diarrhea and abdominal discomfort in horses and in humans. Normal-appearing horses without diarrhea can carry and transmit the parasite in their feces. Some mange mites, such as the straw and hay itch mites, can be transiently transmitted from an infested horse to a human. Transmission of the mites is from horses with manifestations of the mite skin disease. Ringworm is a fungal infection of the skin of horses that can be transmitted to humans when treating the disease in horses. The risk is greatest from horses stable together for long periods in the winter. Dermatophilosis is a bacterial infection of the skin called rain rot and it's transmitted by contact or by stable flies. There is no risk of transmission to humans from normal appearing horses, but transmission may occur when handling exuding or crusty skin sores in horses. Equine encephalomyelitis viruses, which includes Eastern, Western, St. Louis, and West Nile, can infect humans causing brain damage and death. But the viruses are not acquired directly from horses. The viruses are spread over wide distances by passerine birds, like blackbirds, sparrows, and jays, and transmitted by mosquitoes. Anaplasmosis is a form of ehrlichiosis affecting horses and humans that's transmitted by black-legged ticks. Anaplasmosis in humans causes influenza-like symptoms. The handler of horses should wear appropriate dress to protect against skin contamination with hair and skin scales or saliva, nasal, and other body secretions. Basic sanitary practices should be practiced, such as keeping hands away from eyes, nose, and mouth when handling horses and washing hands after handling them. Horse handlers should be vaccinated against tetanus every 10 years 
And horses should be vaccinated annually against rabies and encephalitis viruses, including West Nile virus. Mosquito, tick, and fly control measures should be implemented. Purposeless standing water should be eliminated. Water in stock tanks, pet bowls, and bird baths should be changed at least once a week. Handlers should wear mosquito repellent during mosquito seasons. Cutting or grazing pastures short aids in controlling ticks. Manure should be composted at least 150 feet away from barns. Fly traps and sprays should be considered. Means of controlling rodents and birds should include sealing any holes more than one half inch in diameter in rooms with grain with steel wool. Grain rooms should be constructed of gnaw and peck resistant materials. There should be less than one half inch gaps between doors and thresholds and grain should be stored in sealed rodent proof bins. Grates on floor drains should have less than one half inch gaps. Hay and equipment should be stored on pallets so that rodent presence can be monitored. Lightly sprinkling flour on the floors can aid in tracking rodent activity. One inch gravel six inches deep and three feet out from buildings can be an effective rodent barrier. Sufficient water should be maintained in water troughs that birds cannot stand on the bottom and bathe in the drinking water. Burned netting should be considered for use in rafters. Rodent baits can be dangerous to children, dogs, cats, and birds. The rodenticide remaining in dead rodents can be poisonous to dogs or cats that consume them. Gentle rabies Vaccinated barn cats are good barn guardians against rodents, snakes, and undesirable birds. Rabies-vaccinated yard dogs are a deterrent to raccoons, skunks, foxes, and possums. Grooming tools, halters, hay nets, waterers, and feeders should be thoroughly cleaned and disinfected whenever they'll be used for a new horse on the premises. Stall bedding should be discarded install walls, ceilings, and floors cleaned and disinfected for new horses. An effective disinfectant is one cup of household bleach in five gallons of water. When handling more than one horse from different origins, proper sanitation is required to prevent the spread of disease from horses that have little or no signs of disease. Horses from different origins should preferably not be confined in the same barn or adjacent pens or pastures for three weeks. Special precautions are needed if sick horses are handled, and sick horses should be isolated from apparently normal horses. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Tetanus is the most dangerous zoonotic disease from horses. Anyone around horses or their stalls and pens should maintain current tetanus vaccinations. The incidence of rabies in horses has been increasing. Rabies vaccinations are part of the core annual vaccinations that every horse should receive. Equine encephalitis viruses are not transmitted 
to humans by contact with horses, but they are by mosquitoes that have bitten infected horses. Horses should be vaccinated annually against equine and cephalized viruses for their health and to eliminate a reservoir for transmission to humans by mosquitoes. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about approaching and catching horses. Hey, Abby, what approach to horses do you use? Okay, but I don't think running low like a ground-to-ground attack missile at an angle toward a horse's heels will work for most people. 